Okay, what's going on, guys? And welcome to a brand new episode of Energized in 2023. Ross, introduce the guests. Today we have the gym of the year 2022 and the coach of the year 2022. We have Mr. Chris Fields and Tom King. Lads, how are you doing? How you doing, guys? Yeah, all good, man. How are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Excited to see what 2023 brings out. Obviously, you guys had an incredible 2022. Um, we'll yeah. we'll start with, start off with yourself, Tom. Tom, how how did you feel the gym did this year, and what do you think made the difference this year? Um, obviously, a fantastic year for us. Um, and building on, you know, the year before was pretty good as well. Um, it's just the squad is coming together. I think, like, obviously, it's huge props to to Chris. Um, I suppose. A big difference is like he's he's obsessed with it. Um, like he came back early off a family holiday. Well, he came in the middle of his family holiday, flew back, cornered some lads, flew back to to Spain. That's just stuff uh, a lot of coaches won't do, you know. Um, but I think a combination of things. I think with the new premises there, we've a big kind of squad of guys, um, and we have the processes in place, you know. And like this is really only the start. It's the gym of the year this year. It'll be you know, it'll build from here. I think every year is going to be an improvement on what we did this year, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I did want to ask is that uh, the mantra, we are different, Tom, where did that come from? Uh, and what does that mean to you? Chris made that up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's, yeah, it kind of sums us up because like I said, like we, we'll go to, go to a jiu-jitsu competition and watch guys, watch white belts for eight or nine hours like Chris will go to, it doesn't matter what level of fight the guys are doing, he'll be there in the corner with them. The guys will be doing pads at all hours, he'll be there for them. Um, so there is a different attitude in the gym. Obviously, we've trained, you know, elsewhere. And um, just, I suppose, the dedication from the team and the coaches. Um, and we're trying to, we were trying to build something different, trying to build a, you know, it's kind of our, our ethos was almost like a fight version of a GEA club. You know, everyone's involved. Everyone has their part to play. And uh, it builds from, you know, it builds from the top down. There's a culture there. So I suppose that's that, it. That's one thing that we I, I noticed. We were getting a picture to say you were coming on the show. And I literally saw you when the, when the original uh, gym was being built. It, like the two years getting your hands dirty, getting stuck in. So like you literally are building something amazing. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's incredible what you guys have achieved. Uh, not only over the last year, but but since since you guys uh, started your own gym, Chris. One thing I want to touch on is, is what uh, Tom touched on. And when you guys were up for gym of the year, and you were up for coach of the year, and we put the polls out, like I'm not gonna lie, the amount of abuse we got off Team KF guys, even when you're winning, like the culture there is like is something else. Like they're giving out to us even when even when you're winning the polls, to, to, we're being given out by the Team KF guys. Yeah, I was like, I was like, Jesus, that's like a cult these lads are after bringing. That's that's how passionate about uh, that gym people are. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, like something that me and Tom put a lot of effort in is that um, everyone feels part, and like it's not there's no superstars in the gym. There's no kind of like like say I don't know. You you pick one of the pros that's doing really well at the moment. He's treated the exact same as as like uh, a white belt training twice a week. You know what I mean? Uh, and the other thing that happens, and this was very important, is that the guys train in all the classes. So the, the pros that you see compete at the highest level, they go and train with the uh, 
jiu-jitsu guys in jiu-jitsu classes and they get humbled by guys like that. And they, they, then there's a respect. And there's also a thing that the guy that trains maybe three nights a week, but he's a really solid purple belt. He's rolling with guys who are competing in cage warriors. And he feels a part of that because he is. He helped the lads get there. He's the guy like that they were rolling with. He was the guy pushing them. And something nice I have and we have in the gym and something that like me and Tom have created is that like, like if, say, say one of the guys is fighting a really high-level jiu-jitsu guy, we have black belts in the gym that will take like their Friday night with their family, come down and train with that guy. And they'll add in strikes and they'll do things to make like his life easier. That doesn't happen elsewhere. It just doesn't. It doesn't like it doesn't happen in other gyms. It's just something that it, it, it was something that me and Tom had together. So Tom used to do that for me. You know what I mean? And then we've just brought it into a much bigger sphere now. When I used to when I used to have fights coming up, Tom used to come meet me and we'd roll for an hour in the cage. So just that like that's that's what we did for pretty much my whole career. He did the same for Cole. You know, he did the same for Connie. He did the same for anyone like that wanted the rounds. And then what's happened is now we've been able to pass it on to our students. But it's just really cool atmosphere where everyone feels like they're part of something it probably leads to them abusing people every now and again but it's definitely all in good it's all in good faith it's all in good faith no it really is Baz it's incredible Baz is actually always going on about KF he loves it <laughs> yeah uh, another thing I noticed as well from Team KF the whole team anytime someone has a fight announced that the whole team then announced the fights on as well like the way they all push each other the way they all make sure that everyone's involved is something that myself and Ross like promoting Irish MMA like we see that and that's that's probably the thing that Team KF are probably most known for anytime there's a fight amateur or pro everyone's shouting it out yeah so, so something that like uh, has happened in the club and is a big thing is that like um, it's like I, 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 and Tom, like Tom's the same as me in this. But I want to do it with fifty. I don't want to do it with five hundred. I want fifty guys. I want them to like. I want to train them from the ground up. I want to build them from absolute zero or a little bit of experience, and then make them into guys who are fighting in the UFC. And I don't want five hundred guys in my mat. I don't know their name. They're like they're Ronins. They're samurais with no masters. They bounce from gym to gym. That's not what I want to do here. We want to build the guys like like a solid kind of like I don't want to be Real Madrid, I want to be Ajax. You know what I mean? That's that's what I want. I want to build the players from nothing. And th- that leads to like the lads having a very close knit group. They're like they're very tight. And like not only the MMA guys, if you if you come down and you hang out, like every everyone will sit in the couch and talk together, no matter what training they do. It's it's a it's just a really cool environment. Like Tom said and he was the first one to kind of bring that about, like like a GAA club. You know, spoken like a true culture there. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's called that? Uh, you know what? When you actually say that, it actually makes sense because it does have that sort of uh, community, local, local vibe to it. So uh, we can definitely, we can definitely see that come into fruition. And uh, I do want to touch on some of the guys within the gym because I know you said there's no superstars in the gym, but there's a lot of guys who who are making waves uh, in the gym, and I think we've started to see almost like the first wave of like homegrown team KF talent in like, you know, the Shella, Shelleys, um, Taka, obviously you have James Webb, sort of a, a team team captain-like figure, but now you have like the next level of amateurs coming in, you know, you have Craig McGratton, uh, you have Dom Norcas, who I'm really high on. Uh, is this something that you were touching on there with the Ajax, Chris, that you're like, you're, dro- you're bringing in wave after wave of talent? Yeah, so like, uh, well, like both of us, but uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of our approach. I, me and Tom are like have kind of from the day we we set up, you know, we sit down and we like talk about how we want this to go, and like we 
we want to be, this might sound a little bit weird to some people, but we want to be emotionally attached to the guys. Because here's the thing, I'm not going to fly home from a family holiday if I'm not emotionally attached to the guys. If I don't like want, want them to win as much as they want to win, you know? And something we've been part of, and I don't ever want to do to the lads, is that like, everyone's fight has the same importance. It's like, because to you, it's the most important thing. So to some guy having his Ami debut or a guy that's fighting for Cage Warriors title, they're the same to them. It doesn't make a difference what the show is, how many people are watching. To them, it's the most important thing in the world. And then, like, are we allowed to use language or is that... Like, you can say whatever you want, Chris. Yeah. No, you if fucking you can't. Over, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you fuck them over and you don't body your bollocks to show up to the show, right? Bang their two in a row. Uh, but if you, if you do that to them, like, like the, guy, the guys just won't respond to you the same or they'll, they'll feel like they're not part of something anymore, you know? So that's why I made such a, an effort. And that's why, like, if you go to any jiu-jitsu tournament, Tom's standing there from the morning to the night. You know what I mean? If he can be there, he's there. The morning to the night, he's standing there cornering lads all day. I, it's like, Corner and MMA fights hard enough. I've done the jiu-jitsu thing with Tom for years before the MMA, MMA team got bigger in the club. That shit's hard, man. <laughs> it wears on you. You do like 80 corners. You know what I mean? 80, you corner 80 people in a day. Like, it's fucking miserable. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it is. Um, Tom, do you want to touch on that? Like, yeah, corner, you know, because in a jiu-jitsu competition, someone might have three or four, four uh, bouts in a day. And then on top of that, uh, at the end, I want to touch on... Uh, how did it feel to give uh, Chris's black belt as well? That must have been a nice moment for you. I changed me. I'm going to take it back now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely do. Yeah, no, going back to what you're saying there about the lads, like it's great for us seeing, you know, you've the likes of uh, Craig and, and Roman and Julian. And, like they all came through the teens class. Like they all started, when we started on the main street, they came in, they started, you know, as teenagers, 13-year-olds in with the jiu-jitsu. Uh, teens program so seeing them come through and then moving on to the you know the army team a lot of those guys will be fighting pro pretty soon um like that's that's what we're building it's an academy you know it's getting guys in at a young age building them up um you know and seeing them progress like that's that's where you get the real kick out of it you know um yeah and then from a like a jiu-jitsu point of view like the way you know you have your, your fight squad or whatever that that's like I don't know, it's like the tip of the iceberg. You need a huge amount of guys underneath that. You need guys competing in jiu-jitsu and competing in K1 kickboxing, competing in lower-level MMA fights, you know, and then the, the top guys in that filter up. So if you don't have those processes in place, you'll never have, you know, you'll certainly never be able to build a, a, a squad of, of uh, pros. You might be able to kind of buy them in from elsewhere, but you're not going to build them yourself without that. Yeah, it is called mixed martial arts for a reason. You do need to sort of uh, have people who are, you, know, are you, you need to get people to try the different aspects of the sport separately as well as a collective, I think, on the way up. I think a big thing as well is that, like, um, and something that we're lucky to have is, like, specialists. You have specialists in the gym. You know, you have a guy that's, like, like we have some very, very high-level jiu-jitsu players in the gym. And, like, we have then guys in MMA that are excellent at jiu-jitsu, but they go roll, they get battered by those guys. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because a specialist in jiu-jitsu is like light years ahead of a good grappler in MMA. That's that's the truth of the matter. Like, you know, like Damian Maya is the greatest grappler that uh, ever graced MMA. He's not the greatest grappler that ever lived, though. Yeah, good luck like, against and, Gordon Ryan. Exactly. And, and plenty of other people. Like, have you ever seen Roe and Marcelo Garcia? No. And like, like, me and Tom love Damian Maya, so please no one take this as a slate. He's one of my favorite MMA fighters of all time. But 
like when you go watch the highest level of the sport, the, the, the grappling is light years ahead, right? So what you what you have then is you have air guys having to push to match those guys in grappling. And then all that goes is just drive them on. It's better and better and better. What happens in a lot of places and a lot of teams is the MMA team just trained together. That's it. So what you have is a lot of blue belts rolling with each other. How are you going to improve? You know? Yeah, de- definitely. Yeah, uh, what's called uh, the Team KF boys giving away some of the secrets to the other gyms here now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just writing uh, it down now. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, t- t- tell us this, lads. Um, either one of you can take this one, but uh, obviously, Cage Warriors is, is massive for you guys. Um, the team has been very successful on Cage Warriors. How big is this Cage Warriors Dublin event going to be for the gym and then for Irish MMA? You want to take it, Tom? Yeah, well, it's massive for us. Um, I think uh, I think we're going to have a fairly big big squad at it, and and then the big thing for us, I suppose, is that the rest of the the rest of the gym can get more heavily involved. You know, I'd say there'll be a, a fairly big block of Team KF supporters there. Um, but it's it's that that's a huge event for us. We'll be building up, uh, building up to that. Yeah, it was it was great to see um, Leon Hill get signed, Chris, wasn't it? I know he took his pro debut on bleeding four hours notice, effectively yeah. uh, over yeah. over at Cage Warriors, and uh, he was uh, unsuccessful, but gave a great count of himself. And then you know he he had a much better year. Um, la- well, in twenty twenty two, I don't know whether to say last year, or this year, I don't know what way yeah, to reference yeah. it now. But uh, the last twelve months, he's he's done really really well, and it's it's definitely earned uh, not giving that call up. Uh, how excited are you for Leon this year? Yeah, so uh, Leon, um, uh, what? No, what? It was on a different podcast. Sorry, lads, I'm allowed to say that. Okay, yeah, <laughs> get yeah, myself in like, trouble there. Like... Uh, but I, I stated last year that Leon would be the breakout guy, um, mm. like of 2022 from the gym. And uh, you know, Tom can attest to this as well. Leon's work ethic and his improvement over the last kind of two years has been immense. You know, mm. uh, I'm just very happy to see him. Um, kind of get where he belongs it's where he belongs as a fighter i think a lot of people are going to be taken aback by how well he does at that level as well i think um i think he i watch him in the gym with the guys who are already there he's very capable you know and i feel like my guys are some of the standout guys there anyway and he's hanging with all of them so he just adds to that i think as well like you're asking tom about what it means to the gym i think for irish mma it's huge to have cage warriors back you know um obviously there's been a push towards bellator uh, over the last while, but I think you know historically, Cage Warriors is the route that people have taken. I think everyone can can attest that, that all they want is Irish guys in the UFC competing, and Cage Warriors is obviously the best route there at the minute. Um, so yeah, I just think it opens up loads of doors, and I think it just brings us back to those historical nights, those amazing nights. You know, the Helix Tom would have been there. Yeah, I don't know whether you guys are there or not, but like that, they, like. They're the nights that people still talk about to this day, and I'm hoping we're going to recreate one of them in April. Yeah, hopefully so, and I hope the Irish MMA crowd gets behind it, and I hope everyone buys tickets to go see it, because uh, we'd love to see a full house will uh, entice them to come back time and time again. Yeah, Chris, would you be planning, on, and Tom, would you be planning on basically just stacking the card, yeah, the Cage Warriors Dublin card with your fighters, or would you be interested in having them on cards beforehand? Uh, so um, I'm definitely going to have some lads in March. So uh, a bit disappointing, but um, it kind of uh, has to happen. Is Omran won't be able to compete in April because of Ramadan, so he can't uh, fight on the Dublin card. So he'll fight in London, 
hope I don't get in trouble now for saying that. Uh, and then I'd imagine they're going to want James for the March card in London as well. So uh, I'm thinking I'll probably have maybe four or five guys on the Dublin card. Yeah, because um, that middleweight title is now vacant. Yeah, so I think we'd probably be looking at one more before that for James. Um, I don't, like that's obviously up to Ian Dean and and and, uh, and Graham, but uh, you'd probably be looking at one more before you can push for that. And I'd also like to see him maybe go up and compete at uh, two hundred five as well. I think that division's a little bit open at the moment. Yeah, I don't think there's much of a division there, really, if I'm being brutally honest, uh, at 205. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, so it seems like what they've done is they've, they've tried to recreate a division there, I suppose, <clears throat> if you look around um, Europe at the minute, the likes of uh, KSWs, and they, they tend to attract the 205ers. That's mostly what they look for. Uh, cage warriors would be much more known for their middleweights and down. Uh, yeah. kinda, you know, you never really see too many heavy heavyweight fights on cage warriors. You never see too many light heavyweight fights. So I think it's a nice open division for James to make a run at two hundred five as well. So. Yeah, no, de- definitely. I think I, th- I, I think he's capable in both divisions as well. Um, to be honest, I think uh, if you if you look at the middleweight landscape, sort of like Will Curry, Matt Bonner, James, the few sort of knock around. Um, I don't know if Malin is still signed the former champ, but like there's a few guys there who, you know. If you really looked at them, they all actually have a, a, a stake to a claim to, to a title shot uh, at this stage. Yeah. But uh, it will be interesting to see what way they go. Um, another person I want to touch on is Ryan Shelley. I feel like he's he's maybe one win away from a featherweight title shot. Um, I feel like a lot will depend on what they do with Paul Hughes. But uh, where would you manage his career for the next year, Chris? Yeah, um, so I think there's... Uh... Like I, I think you know it has to be a a, a big fight in um in Dublin. I think uh, you know there's some names that I'd like. I like the Harilla fight. Uh, I really like that fight. Um, you know there's a, there's a few people there that I would like Ryan against. I'd like the Sherry A fight. I like that fight too. I think Ryan's very capable of beating anyone in the division. I think one of the biggest things um and this is a testament to Tom is he, uh, Ryan came to us as a striker um. And obviously, we concentrate a lot on grappling in um, the MMA class uh, and the MMA classes we do. But, you know, you see what Ryan's capable of doing as a grappler is, you know, a, a testament to what Tom's doing in the background there. You know, it's a, yeah, he's just, he, he sees that back is done. And if you watch my fight, back taking is not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tom, uh, what's called, uh, we'll start calling him Rear Naked Ryan. <laughs> Not a bad name from yeah, spectacular. Some of the finishes he got unbelievable, and against you know really high level opponents, you know you're, you're people going in worried about striking, but you know you want to be worried about everything with Ryan. And it's the same with you look at the the, the Armran as well, like the the jump in his grappling, Leon, um, his last finish like positionally really really strong, you know. And you're talking about submissions like jiu-jitsu, big part of it is position. Someone like Leon able to hold him out, you can't shift him, he's going to elbow the mouth off you. You know, that's that's jiu-jitsu in its purest form. But uh, you're absolutely delighted with the jump in the guys. And Tom, were you okay with the with the winking and the tongue out from Leon in, in full mount? Are you okay with that? I'm all right. I'd be doing the same myself. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 he was he was he was living, living his best life there. I was like I was like Jesus. Enjoying it, yeah. Enjoying hurting another human being. Uh, has to be Tom, Tom, Tom always comes across as this stoic individual, right? I watched Tom get a mounted triangle on someone once and go like that to me before he finished. Him. <laughs> 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 who, who was it? Was it Nate Diaz versus was it Joe Lowe's on? 
where he was giving uh, fingers. Uh, yeah, in the triangle. Uh, yeah. That yeah. was wasn't that uh, Josh Meir, Josh the dentist yeah. Meir. Triangle yeah, yeah, Diaz, was, well. Diaz was a triangle, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, it was jo- yeah, Josh Neer, yeah, yeah. That was that was that was something else. So uh, let's let's say Nate Diaz robbed that off Tom King. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and then uh, from from yourselves, uh, we're gonna ask you, ask you both, Chris, uh, and like I don't want to get in trouble with the guys in the gym, but who's a pro who you think is going to be your standout for 2023, and then an amateur? Uh. An amateur. Well, um, I think like uh, I, I think the the amateur ranks are, are very difficult at the moment because I think there's a bunch of guys there that probably aren't going to see, see the end of the year as I mean, they're going to be transitioning the pro uh, early or mid this year. Uh, they're kind of two fights off. They're, I I've kind of like um, uh, well, we have kind of a an amount of fights that we like the lads to have. Uh, I know there's a new idea of having tons and tons and tons of amateur fights. I'm not really on board with that. Uh, I think like what happens is you start to take damage at the upper echelon of amateur, and the upper echelon of amateur is lower than the lower <laughs> level of pro. So, uh, I, and you're not getting paid, and it's a very short career, and one injury and it's done. You know what I mean? One bad injury and it's done. So, I generally look for the guys to have six or seven, but mostly I'm looking for two or three big performances towards the end, so like dominant performances. Um, so if I was to point out, uh, like I think uh, Kira. Kieran McGurk has a huge year this year. I think we see Craig McGrattan go pro, uh, Julian Renu go pro. I think I'll probably let the cat out of the bag here, but Dom Nock, is, his next fight will be pro. Anyway, he's doing that amateur for me. Uh, there's nothing else to do there. Jeez, that's, 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 that's incredibly uh, quick for him. <laughs> but, uh, in, fa- in fairness, like, like I'm not surprised. Like he, he was, he was one person who I, I've never seen take, uh, take to sports so quick, and like yeah. he's incredible at it. And all the lads in the gym, like, talk to the Chellies, and they're all like, "Oh, Tom's incredible. He's giving me the hardest rounds in training." There's no mystery yeah. to that, though. I, I, you could come in at five in the morning to turn the alarm off in the gym, Dom would be there hitting a the fucking bag. He'd be doing something. Do you know what I mean? He's there every day. Every, every time I'm there, he's doing something. He's he's rolling or he's hitting pads or he's training in a session. I don't think I have been in the gym all year and he's not there doing something. He's a mat rat, you know? So there's, there's... Uh, I, I think I think a big thing as well is, um, like, you know, it almost looks like Dom just exploded onto the scene here because this year everything happened within six, seven months from like he had a huge yeah. year, but it was only from June. But like there's been training going on for two and a half years in the background. You know, yeah. kind of way. I don't let anyone fight till they're eighteen, so we had to wait till he turned eighteen to let him loose. But he only turned eighteen in March. Well, that's you know? years of training three times a day as well. Do you know? So it's not as sudden mm-hmm. as it looks. Well, I've actually also I've seen texts. Like certain promoters, I won't say who, have sent me texts on trying to get certain people matched up, and like, like it just becomes impossible on the regional or on the regional amateur scene to get some people matched. Then eventually, because like, yeah. coaches don't want to send their guys in against some of these people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think again, like like Dom's done what me and Tom want. You know, he's a K one champion. Uh, he's he's uh, seven seven and one, I think, as an as an amateur. Uh, he's um. He competes in jiu-jitsu. He's just like he's an all-rounder. He like he attends. So some of the rules for like being on the MMA team, you can't be like just going to MMA class. And if you attend in jiu-jitsu, you need to improve in all your games. So he, he like like Tom was saying, he's had everything, and the kid has a part-time job, so he manages to kind of juggle everything. So I think um, I think it's time for him to move on. It'll be a slow kind of 
Byrne at Pro. He won't be doing what he did last year. He's having seven fights in a year, but uh, <laughs> but it'll be uh, yeah, it'll be like uh, maybe maybe three or four fights this year, and then next year look to really progress them up. Tom, is there anyone else that Chris hasn't mentioned that people should definitely keep an eye out for in 2023? I don't, yeah, I don't necessarily like picking them out. It's like picking your favorite child. Um, I, I <laughs> yeah, think, they're not I listening, think, so it's grand. Yeah, not, <laughs> um, yeah, I think like Ami-wise, I think Kira is going to be the standout amateur. And I think a big part of that is a lot of the lads kind of who were there just before would be, they'd be moving on to pro. Um, but I think, yeah, I think Kira has a big year ahead of her. Um, and like we're like delighted with her progress as well. I think that's going to take. Tom frozen. Yeah, I think that's. I, I thought you did. I, I was like, I was like, is that me? <laughs> no, maybe, well, maybe. Well, he's well, yeah, he's, he looks like he's deep in thought there. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll fill it. I'll fill in the space for like. Uh, yeah, go so on. I'll go back to. I'll go back to pros. I never said the pros. So uh, I think. I think a big one this year. So Taka Taka is due his big year. So yeah, we lost you there, Tom. You look like you're yeah, deep yeah, in thought. Yeah. Uh, so I think this year for like on, on the pro scene, I'll let Tom go back. But uh, uh, on the pro scene, I think tackles you a big year, and I think one that might surprise people. Like everyone can see where Armand's going, everyone can see where Ryan is going. You can see now with Leon as well. But like I think an, a huge year is going to be had by Adam Shelley. I think he's found the the right mixture now. So I think you see him take a huge jump this year. I think Adam's one of those weird guys. He has a job. I think he needed all the things in place. He's a little bit older than some of the boys. And so he needed all the little bits in place before he could really just go right now and ready to go all in. And that's kind of where we're at with him, you know? Yeah, yeah I was actually speaking to Adam there at the last Cage Warrior show and he said he, he was absolutely bollocks for Belfast because he was doing full-time fire brigade training and training. Yeah. He was like, he was like, he had no no rest breaks ever. So like, he was like, his body was absolutely... Yeah, he didn't tell me that either. He told me he was doing, uh, it was all classwork. So they were all in, in classes. And then it was only afterwards. And he did, he still didn't. It's something I like about my guys. There's never excuses. Same with James. Like when, when things have gone wrong, I have to hear from other people what went, like what was happening in the background. It was Ryan who told me uh, afterwards how much he was doing. And um, yeah. But anyway, I'll throw back to Tom there. He was he was speaking. And you kind of cut out just after you started talking about Kira, Tom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that was that'd be the, the standout, I think, Ami for the year. Um, and then Pro Pro wise, I think like you're picking someone out. I suppose from what Chris is saying, someone who's going to have the biggest jump in the year. You know, um, in terms of you know coming from a you know a lower base, maybe. Um, but I think Leon, Leon's going to have a spectacular year. I think Amran, as Chris said, is going to have a great year. Ryan is. I think Adam's going to come into his own. Um, I think the, the kind of from a pro point of view, it's going to be a very exciting year for us. Again the end of the year this, you know, this time next year we'll be talking about the best year we've ever had and I'm convinced that's going to happen can you top yeah, 84% <laughs> win rate <laughs> we're going to have to you know, Chris's you know, target now he won't be getting his laptop as a Christmas bonus now if he doesn't <laughs> 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 I, uh, you know, you know, so well, 85% you know yeah. you know we had uh, we had one bad night at the, at the very end of the year and had we not had that it would have been 88 um, he so, wouldn't speak like, about three days afterwards. Yeah, I was in a bad mood after that one. I called him Alex Ferguson and the boys. They all got the hairdryer treatment that night. Yeah, you got a draw. 
Yeah, a draw. A draw. Like, come on. Yeah. 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 Don't, be skewing, don't be skewing the stats for the draw, lads. Yeah. Yeah. It messed it up for us. But uh, I, yeah, I, like, I, I suppose uh, how all in me and Tom are kind of pushes us then with the lads and how much we expect from them, you know? So, you know, if you're if you're not showing up, you're not doing the hard work with the lads, you can't be complaining then when the results don't come in. But if you're putting everything in, you can, you know, you're 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 well within your rights to, uh, if you don't feel lads are putting the same amount in or if something, you know, didn't feel right, you can say whatever you like then. Yeah, yeah I, I, think, I think you have to give that on assessment, Baz, don't you? Exactly. But, but like, that's why Team KF are doing what they're doing. That's why they were voted the Energize Show MMA Gym of the Year in 2022. Uh, we cannot wait to see you lads do your thing in 2023, and especially on Cage Warriors Dublin on the 29th of April, Ross. Yes, we will definitely be there. Uh, can't wait to see it. I'm sure we'll see you guys uh, both before then. Um, guys, thanks a million for your time. We really, really appreciate it. Can't wait to see what you guys are going to do in 2023. And as always, stay energized. Stay energized. Energize, show up the Irish. And sussing you guys a couple of times. I've seen a couple of clips. I think you've done some interviews with Dylan Moran and that I, I, I saw. So keep going. Keep up the good work, guys.